This is Monica Gisela, and you are listening to Prana We Love's podcast. If you have ever wondered, how can I balance my hormones? Then this episode is for you. A hormonal imbalance can significantly impact your mood, your appetite, and your overall health. Some factors, including aging, are beyond a person's control. However, manageable elements such as your lifestyle and your diet are important to consider to achieve a state of equilibrium in your body. In this episode, you will learn how Ayurveda can help you achieve that balance naturally. I have Dr. Baralashmi Janamandra with us today to talk about ways to balance your hormones with Ayurveda. Dr. Baralashmi is an Ayurvedic health coach from the UK. She helps women who suffer from digestive illness, gut issues, chronic pain, and food cravings. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode, so let's get into it. Dr. Baralashmi, thank you so much for coming to my show. Thank you so much, Monica, uh, for inviting me. Um, I'm so excited to chat about hormones and, you know, um, all the women health issues. My pleasure. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you discovered Ayurveda. Yes, uh, so I'm an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner. So I studied my Ayurveda degree in India um around 10 years ago and i have been practicing ayurveda in the uk for the past 10 years um i have my own health and well-being center here in birmingham um i mainly work with women who suffer with gut health issues and then you know hormonal imbalances related to gut health and uh, as well as chronic pain so my journey with Ayurveda started when I was, you know, very young, like a teenager. So I always wanted to become a doctor, you know, uh, in India, there is, <laughs> especially in South India, only two options that you get to choose once you finish your plus twos. One is either you can become an engineer or the other one you have to, you know, go the hard way and then become a doctor. <laughs> so that's always been the dream, you know, but... Uh, uh, when I was around, I think, 15, 16 years, um, I had this severe gut health problems in my, I think, plus one and plus two. So, and later, uh, because I've been taking a lot of uh, um, tablets, like, you know, then slowly <laughs> hormonal issues developed, then they put me on hormonal pill. And for over uh, for six months or so, I was on hormonal pill and it actually messed messed up my gut health even more and mm. I, I used to suffer a lot with IBS and then because of all that hormonal pills and everything I ended up with more severe PMS you know bleeding all these you know all kinds of issues that a teenager doesn't want to suffer with so my father you know um, one day he took me to this Ayurvedic practitioner a old Ayurvedic doctor in my hometown uh, when I came for holidays I used to study in a different uh, place than my mom and dad used to live. So then when I came back, he took me to this doctor and he gave me some small powder. And that actually within a week of taking that powder, it 
helped me a lot and then slowly i weaned off you know that hormonal pill and my gut health has improved significantly so that's how i came to know like something like alternative medicine like ayurveda exists and then mm-hmm. actually like it works exactly mm-hmm. yeah so most of the time you don't if you don't know about it you will always think that oh maybe it doesn't work uh so when he checked me and everything the way he checked like he checked my pulse and he was asking me all these questions about my diet before that no one ever asked me any conventional doctor would ask these questions right they will always ask questions like you know uh, whether you have pain okay i'll give you a tablet nobody ever asked me like what you ate did you eat this did you do this what did you do so he was very uh, thorough and you know like intrusive i felt why is he asking this question so when i once i felt better i felt very attracted to the way he diagnosed everything and it felt, it made me realize okay this this sounds interesting i should more you know put more interest into it learn and then during my summer i spent the whole summer with him like two months helping him prepare medicine and then working under him so that's how all that interest started and then once i had the chance to do the degree um then i did my ayurvedic degree and yeah that's how it all started <laughs> that's so inspiring and i feel related to you in so many aspects because i know myself i had to deal with hormonal imbalances well before i started practicing ayurveda too i suffered from severe acne for many years and it was a very traumatic experience i didn't know how you know what to do and i didn't see as you mentioned i didn't see any relationship between the foods i ate or the lifestyle that i was having and how my skin was just you know getting hurt um so one thing that i noticed a lot is that i was always blaming my hormones for my lack of balance but i didn't really know at the time what they were you always hear all oh, they are chemical messengers but please tell us how ayurveda explains hormones and how it is different from a modern medicine perspective um so ayurveda as per ayurveda to understand hormones we need to understand a concept called datva agni so agni um, you know as a whole in ayurveda plays a very important role when it comes to maintaining our health and balance as a whole uh, as you know right so mm-hmm. agni is the like a typical concept and epitome of health so and there are around ayurveda as per ayurveda 40 different types of agni so one of that type of agni uh, is datva agni so of all the agnis the agni which resides in our uh, gastrointestinal tract is called um jataragni so the one which helps us to digest the food and helps us to absorb the nourishment and then for assimilation this jataragni is the main agni all the other agnis are like part of this agni so if you have any imbalance in this particular digestive jataragni then you will have imbalance in different agnis so this agni is considered as the transformative force behind all the metabolic procedures that are happening in our body like how uh, a procedure like anabolism and catabolism they are the wear and tear procedures which maintain our body so something is always forming and something is always broken down and energy is being released so 
anabolism is building of something like building a protein molecule and catabolism is like breaking down the food particles like in the case of digestion okay so behind these two metabolic procedures which help our body uh, to sustain is agni so any transformation anything change that is happening in our body agni is responsible and then of all the agnis this chatter agni is the main agni which which is in our digestive system and if we go a little bit deeper into it then there is bhut agni which resides in our liver so that that agni make sure that all the digestive juices that you know uh, that fat metabolism and protein metabolism and carbohydrate metabolism is properly being done so it may if you if you have an imbalance in butagni then you have problems to do with any of those metabolisms and you have problems to do with liver liver functions and you know jaundice and that kind of thing mm-hmm. then if we go a little bit further into the topic then comes datwagni which which resides in each and every tissue so as per ayurveda there are seven tissues that we see and one of the tissue is sukra so sukra is the reproductive tissue which is formed after the first six dhatus which are formed which is like plasma rasa rakta mamsa medo majja and then comes sukra okay so that reproductive tissue or all of these tissues have individually inside them contain a transformative force so whatever that nourishment comes into that tissue has to be digested and it recites some of that nourishment and sends whatever the rest of nourishment to the next tissue so like that first tissue is formed second tissue like that seventh tissue whichever is reproductive tissue is formed and that transformative force inside that reproductive tissue is considered as uh, datwagni and that because we are talking about reproductive hormones today mm-hmm. so this datwagni is vital for uh, or considered as the chemical messengers or uh, you know that uh, bio um cellular metabolic pathway or that change which is happening inside that particular tissue is considered as like hormones we can call that you know as hormones because that is what is released and once they are released they go you know and do the reproductive function right so mm-hmm. this is what ayurveda says about Perfect. hormones and uh, it's very different from the modern medicine perspective where you said that it's more like a band-aid that they ask you what your symptom is and then they give you uh, a tablet a remedy for that without taking into account you know all that it's uh, that composes you as an individual yes so as per ayurveda um, you know as you can see it all boils down to the it all comes down to the fact that you need to have a good digestive agni okay so mm-hmm. that's why earlier i was saying like you need to have a good chatter agni to have all the rest of the agnis so the chatter agni is like mother of all the transformative forces or mother of all agnis so if you have any imbalance in your gut then that's from where you are getting uh, you know whatever the food nourished or amsa means part of that agni is what resides in the liver which is, which i called bhutagni and then the part of that same agni is residing in each and individual tissue mm-hmm. so if the food which is formed in the jatragni is not digested properly then the subsequent stages will also get ama or the undigested toxins will be transferred to every form of that right so that's why having a good um, like gut health or you know having a good jatragni is very important for hormonal health 
but nowadays they have research you know the modern science is not yet ready to accept but actually the research is showing that gut health plays a huge role in basically the hormonal balance and absorption of hormones and their function proper functioning of the hormones too so yeah it is amazing how those links that have yeah. remained always known in ayurveda for thousands of years yeah they are being accessed just now in the west yeah that's that's so interesting many women you know in their struggle to find homeostasis or balance find themselves taking the pill like you did like i did for many years yes. or uh, having hormone replacement replacement therapy or other medications that have serious side effects please tell us how ayurveda can help balance our hormones naturally what makes it a unique approach so because ayurveda with ayurveda we don't just look at your symptom okay for example i'll give you a case if a if a lady if a person or if a girl comes to me with hormonal imbalance and says that okay um i'm having my period imbalance or i'm not having a regular cycle i'm having irregularity in the cycle then what would a ayurvedic practitioner like myself and you would do or you know i would do is i would ask her like you know questions which are related to her health as a overall like i'll ask her how is your agni how how is your digestion are you having a good bowel movement uh, you know are you having any trouble with your uh, you know uh, passing the stool do you have any other problems like how is your energy as a whole and all the other aspects i will check and that's what makes ayurveda unique that we don't just look at something as just a symptom but actually if someone has a trouble with their uh, hormonal like not getting period on time or it's very irregular once every 3 months or 4 months mm -hmm. the first approach is for me is to fix their agni to make sure that they don't have any digestive abnormalities that is the first if they have any ama in their body ama is the undigested toxic waste that forms if you have problem with your agni so that is considered as the root cause of all the diseases mm -hmm. you know as per ayurveda yes. the core so, of our health mm -hmm. yes so it's important to see first that and then we look at the individual doshas as well right so you mm -hmm. look at her lifestyle if she is doing anything vata provoking for example if she is not sleeping and then if she has a lifestyle where you know she is so stressed you know any stress from work school studying whatever that is then we look at that as well then she has a chronic vata aggravation going on so once you have something like that no matter what kind of medicines or herbs she is taking she will still have trouble with um, you know the vata aggravation so we have to look at the lifestyle element as well right exactly. so it's a it's not just looking at one part of someone's health actually it's looking at all the things like considering the physical emotional psychological and lifestyle and also taking into consideration the seasonal and environmental if there is any environmental toxins or changes that are actually affecting our health so ayurveda considers all these things before you know uh, treating a person that's why often it is like um, one of the best way to treat and that's why it takes a significant amount of time and it that's why it stays 
like it's not like you know just taking a pill where you know this concept of uh, modern science exists where you have a pain you just take the pill and you forget about it but within 3 days the pain comes back and you think that oh this is a different pain but actually it's the same pain all you did was just put some kind of a like you know if a wall has a hole or some kind of mm-hmm. a small mm-hmm. hole then you just you keep applying that plastering but inside the wall there is so much moisture that that will stay for couple of days and then again the hole will form in a different place That's it's the same thing because you are not treating the root cause you keep plastering it you know on the top so that's what uh, makes ayurveda's approach unique i think yeah absolutely it's a holistic approach curative rather than well the modern approach is curative rather than preventative and with ayurveda we see that you are preventing something from becoming worse within your body or your mind and i like what you said that it's you know what makes it so um nice to even try if you don't have other option right now is um that it's sustainable it's long lasting um because it doesn't have those serious side effects that other drugs do um dr claudia walsh in her book balance your hormones balance your life mentions that thought and experience dictate the equilibrium in our hormones just like you said our whole lifestyle So they are not these isolated agents requiring isolated treatment, but it's, they are a part of the whole. We are as an individual. What factors other than diet are the necessary to achieve balanced hormones? Oh, so like uh, one is Vata, which is the main lifestyle. And the other thing is, you know, circadian rhythm or, uh, you know, basically following the natural biology or following the sun and moon cycle, which we are supposed to do and the rhythms in the nature. So I also work on this and I usually educate women this concept of uh, our uh, menstrual cycle closely related to moon cycle as well that comes from the same concept that because we we lead a very fast paced life you know and like stress is in every every part of our life you f- you will find stress okay and at one point all these animals if we if we go to the you know um a natural place where animals are living in cohabitant then you see that they they mate at a particular season and they wake up at a particular season they hunt at a particular time during the day and they sleep at but if we look at ourselves we are also came from the same evolution okay mm-hmm. we are much more knowledge what do you call that evolved or mm-hmm. uh, very intelligent beings not like animals but that's why we stop doing the natural things or the things we are supposed to do in in relationship with nature that's the same thing as following the circadian rhythm there is this um, biological clock in our brain which is called supra schematic nucleus in the you know hypothalamus what this biological clock or circadian rhythm you know is is doing is that in a in a day of 24 hours all the psychological things and then physiology that is happening like digestion and then Rest. building of tissues mm-hmm. cells and everything it all happening in a cycle and it depends on how good your sleep cycle is so even the research shows that 
and naturally what ayurveda recommends is that you have to sleep on particular time and you have to wake up on particular time do exercise that's why the ayurveda biological clock is also there right we recommend doing kapha activities during the morning time where their kapha is you want to do exercise strenuous exercise so that you keep kapha in the balance and then you eat a heavier meal during the sun time where 12 to 2 o'clock where sun is optimal or high energy then you can digest that and then you have a lighter meal in the evening where which is a vata time um, or you know kapha time then so that you don't aggravate that kind of doshas why we have all these rules or why we have all these instructions to follow is because you don't want to create any imbalance in or you know disrupt that homeostasis or delicate balance that exists in our body and it is very closely related to the nature all the changes that we see in the seasons and the sun cycle especially so that that is the thing and you know uh, coming to the point circadian rhythm this supra schematic nucleus or biological clock releases the hormone melatonin okay melatonin is the hormone which makes us fall sleep or which makes us uh, tired and then heavier our eyes will become heavier once that hormone and then we fall asleep but this hormone is activated by uh, or you know um, is deactivated by the blue light which we get from the screens and laptops and everything that's crazy yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. the longer we look at these artificial lights and blue lights and so, stuff our body is thinking or that natural biological clock is thinking it's still sun is there i don't need to release this melatonin so you can still stay awake Mm-hmm. so the longer we are looking at this stuff the more effect it, they are having on our body and our sleep is disrupted and once your sleep cycle is disrupted it affects the hormonal release because the hormones are like you said chemical messengers which are released depending on the need of the body so like i said once the body thinks that okay when the light is down there is a need for you to rest that's when it is releasing if you if the body thinks or if the organ doesn't have a need then it won't release like how during the menstrual cycle estrogen is needed during the follicle is forming then then the body will release it if if there is no need for it there is no need for hormone so you are actually giving uh, you know like this bad signals to the body and you are disrupting that uh, homeostasis as a whole by doing this over a period of time then the body will mess up with everything else right the more you don't sleep the more stress will come and the more cortisol hormone is released so it's like uh, causing a, a opening a box of pandora of problems yeah. you know for ourselves It's so fascinating and now with the quarantine we are inside our homes for like forever watching our phones um watching you know all these bad news that we are seeing in tv so yes. yeah it's it's a phenomenal tip to start reducing our screen time and because you never know how much it really affects you you don't see those processes but they are happening within your body and within your mind that is true <laughs> um the women of today um as you said we don't have normally a set morning or daily routine so we overwork we suffer from insomnia 
irregular periods, we feel lethargic in the afternoon. So it's amazing that you mentioned this biological clock and how it balances our hormones. Um, I know I myself had to do a lot of moon bathing when I, you know, after leaving the peel, I missed my period for months. So one of the remedies I, I did uh, using Ayurvedic principles was to do this moon bathing and uh, eventually it returned. Um, other than that, you know, the, the sleeping patterns and making them better, what other tips can we uh, do to align it? align our our bodies with the nature rhythms so i would say like uh, one thing is um, the digestive cycle so making sure that like i said our gut and then like the agni jatara agni or agni is closely related to the hormones if you don't have a good agni then you will have problems with um, hormone forming and then eventually problems to do with menstrual cycle and everything okay so one thing is i would always say look at how is your bowel movement uh, how is your appetite so appetite always indicates a good metabolism okay so that is one thing when it comes to the physiology and if you look at the lifestyle kind of thing then i would say uh, vata, you know, the vata always is the aspect where we have to make sure that we have a routine. So for us, PMS, you know, is the one of the main thing problem that I see with a lot of the girls and women I work with that is very disturbing and very difficult menstrual cycle, not having it, having an irregularity of the cycle is one thing, but also having a cycle and then having all this unnecessary difficulties before your cycle comes is another thing right yes so maintain, yeah so maintaining a period chart uh, making sure and then writing it down often women don't even remember uh, or connect it that it is actually a pms where you have all this tenderness breast all these problems right so maintaining a period chart is one thing and then having a routine in day-to-day -day life so I know that we can't plan anything and given that we are mm -hmm. stuck in house and everything now we think but I would say still have some little bit of self-care for yourself like waking up in the morning doing minimal things like applying oil on your abdomen and lower back anything like warm oil if you have a, a bit airy nature like vata then use go for warm oil like sesame oil uh, regularly doing abhyanga you know like around the abdomen clockwise direction and then lower back that will help to make sure that apana vata or vata which is responsible for uh, menstrual you know bleed, blood to mm -hmm. go down mm -hmm. so that is one thing uh, abhyanga and then uh, i would say what are the other things like simple things like eating heavier meal during the lunch time and then lighter meals during morning and evening those are other things and if we go connect with moon cycle, then, then they could also do things like creating intentions like before their period comes or, you know, what are the things and letting go of all this emotional stuff that you are holding on because period represents the time where you are detoxing, you are sending yes. you are holding in your uh, womb for the whole month, right? Thinking that there is a chance of conception, but now you have to let go of that and let a new cycle start there is a chance of new life happening 
if fertilization happens. So same thing is related with our emotions as well, whatever the emotional baggage that we carry. So it's important to realize that and note if you are feeling whether, you know, sad or... Uh, or with have... food craving sometimes. Yes, yeah. yes. Acknowledge those uh, needs of your body and then taking consistent rest. You know, like you said, we are modern women. That is absolutely true that I see a lot of the women do like so many things during the period. But period is a time when we have to actually just just chill and then and just care for our body. So mm -hmm. it is a time where we need to rest. We are not supposed to do all these things. Then already it's a vata period. Then if you do too much activity, then you aggravate more vata. Then you have problem, other problems like bloating, constipation. Then these will all add. So it's important to accept that this is a time where I need to actually take care of my body and rest as much as possible. So that again. is that is life changing to see the period as a as a way to cleanse yourself to release all that you are you know getting into Emotions. your yeah and that you are not letting go so yeah it's it's beautiful to see that time of the month as a way to let go yes. we are not all made the same and one thing that I absolutely adore about Ayurveda is that it differentiates its principles based on the constitution of the individual. Um, for those new to Ayurveda, there are mainly three body humors in Ayurveda, Bata, Pita, and Kapha. Each dosha has a set of characteristics and each person is made out of a unique combination of all three, typically with a dominant one. What tips to balance the hormones can we give to the vata pita and kapha women that are listening to us so to balance their cycle to balance their hormones to balance their cycle yeah okay so um i couldn't agree more with you monica because ayurveda is so awesome in actually uh, being very practical and also like personalized you, you wouldn't get any other holistic science like Ayurveda where there is this much personalization is there and thorough with all the changes that are happening constantly. As per Ayurveda, health is fluid or mobile. So it is constantly changing as like, you know, how we are constantly not having one thought. We never have one single thought in our head, right? Mm -hmm. It's always, it's always changing. So our health is also moment to moment happening and moment to moment change, right? So to look at each of the doshas, I would say if, if you have an imbalance of vata imbalance, then you are more prone towards like problems like constipation, bloating, and then procrastination when we look at the emotions and then unable to take a decision. So you're always floating between two things or doing 10 things at the same time. So to balance all these things and, and also have a problem of pain like a dysmenorrhea and severe pain is one thing that we see with vata balance. For these kind of symptoms and women with these vata imbalances in their body, I would say they have to you know, have a routine you know, like have a plan because having a routine and having a plan always keeps Vata in balance. So you know what's coming next. Why Vata is always 
not grounded is because of unknown or uncertainty which makes us all feel anxious but for a vata person it is like 10 times more anxiety if they don't know what's going to happen next mm -hmm. so you could avoid that and then you prepare for your period okay so you know that this is the date your period might come then i would say sit down and write the list of the things that would make you feel happier and the foods that would make you feel happier and then whether you need some kind of you know preparation if you get pain what would you take so all these simple things if you write them down then you are already prepared then you could actually face it with much easier ease okay that is the one thing and then eating foods which are warm cooked and then root vegetables root vegetables are like heavier right they have the quality of earth and they are coming from earth so going for cooked root vegetables and warm soups or warm mushy soft foods tend to help us with balancing vata and keep it grounded so i would say go for these kind of uh, food and lifestyle choices and also try to um, relax don't keep 10 things in your calendar try to keep it as flexible as possible and you know depending on how your energy is try to do something and keep reminding yourself that this is a time where you need to rest that is the thing for vatas and then if you look at pitta kind of people they are more prone towards like tenderness in their breasts and heavier bleeding and like you know feeling very irritable anger all this blocked up or you know locked down emotions will come out during period for pitta person so it's important for a pitta people to be mindful because pittas are always passionate and they focus on their work or something so much that they neglect their health or they neglect the people around them that is a very common thing mm -hmm. so for them it's important to be mindful and remember that again this is a period where they have to rest and then not worry about too much about the work or something that would be the emotional side and uh, also practicing like uh, nasya you know practicing regularly nasya mm -hmm. for pitta people is very very soothing and it keeps pitta calm down like with a simple ghee ghee is so soothing for uh, you know pitta abnormalities in general so for them i would say use ghee regularly in your cooking and also like to put uh, use it like nasya drops two drops in each nostril every day could uh, be very soothing because of all that negative emotions or uh, judgmental emotions which happen when you have an imbalance can be balanced by using nasya ghee as a nasya that is one thing and when it comes to the food go for uh, pittas can enjoy a wide range of fresh foods like salads they can have a little bit of warm food but along with that they could enjoy a you know like a salad leafy greens and mm -hmm. Uh, they could enjoy sweet, uh, sweet fruits like apple, pear, uh, even grapes, any kind of sweet fruits and you know a regular massage with a soothing oil like coconut oil on the abdomen and you know and also on the head to keep uh, to calm down that heat or whatever that goes to the head and to keep calm down the emotions that are going on in the head and brahmi thailam you know brahmi oil is also really good for uh, balancing those emotions on the feet as well feet massage is also very soothing for pitta so i think these are the things for pitta and if you look at kapha 
cuffers often have the imbalances of like you know heaviness and then feeling depressed and basically very lethargic no no intention or no excitement in the life anymore so these are the things for cuffers and they have a either they can have heavier bleeding or they can have like a moderate cycle so they won't suffer with bleeding kind of things but it's to do more with other things like you know feeling heavier gassier and like something is stuck inside and they can also have congestion problems so for them i would say using a warm oil like uh, olive oil or mustard oil is really good linseed oil uh you know using regularly that for abhyangas um and all that and going for foods which are adding spices like you know cinnamon is really good and cloves are good for kapha and honey honey is also very soothing for kapha eating food which is uh, not f- like raw salad kind of thing but still they could enjoy a little bit of warm food more warm and then little bit of uh bitter greens they should go for bitter greens they are really soothing for kapha so i would say these are the foods and then lifestyle uh and doing uh, trying to have a little bit of physical activity in their life is very important for kapha because they often don't have motivation they lack the motivation so for them it's important to do something having something on their you know anything to do with work or something and then so that they will get that active activeness and then they will still try to you know do something and keep the kapha balance so these are my recommendations you know that is so interesting thank you so much and yeah the multitasking for example that it's being glorified in our society yes that has a lot Absolutely. to do with the aggravation of pata or in in pita i can see like you know this trendy exercise routines people are overworking out and yeah so <laughs> we we see that push down our throats to to become aggravated um adaptogens they are a natural substance considered to help the body adapt to stress and to exert a normalizing effect upon our bodily processes and they are gaining a lot of traction in the west as a way to balance Um, and or support our hormones naturally. I would like to know what is your favorite adaptogenic remedy? Oh, for hormones? Um, I think Shatavari is still not considered as adaptogenic, but that's my favorite, um, you know, for women's health. Any woman could take Shatavari at any age, you know, as soon as they enter the age of menstruation, you know, once the first period is started, and then till... after the menopause is finished women any any women at any age can take shatavari that's why that is my favorite uh, you know herb when it comes to women's healthy shatavari and there is ashwagandha which is a adaptogen at least more popular adaptogen um but i would say a combination of shatavari and ashwagandha but yeah i would always go for sh- shatavari because i i love it it's it's so beneficial for uh, for our health as a whole um, and as a rasayana for our female reproductive system shatavari 
So that's why. How, how would you prepare it? Uh, with milk or just yes, water? Yes, all the, all the rasayanas or reproductive health, um, you know, medicine are given as per Ayurveda, mostly to some form of a nourishing thing. Like, and as you know, Ayurveda highly regards milk as ojo karam, means it improves the ojas or immunity, mm -hmm. strength and everything. So a good form of milk, uh, you know, something like A2 milk, I would say, but still with milk at night time is the time that you should take Shatavari. Beautiful. Well, I loved having this conversation with you, Dr. Baralakshmi. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate your insight in this important topic and I hope everybody listening to this also found this conversation useful. Thank you so much, Monica, for having me. I, I had great time chatting with you about women's health and hormones. You can find the links to follow Dr. Baralashmi's work, more health tips, recipes, remedies, workout ideas, and my transformation program, which combines Ayurveda and intermittent fasting, plus the links to have a one-on-one -on -one Ayurvedic consultation on my website. It is www.pranawithlove.com. Also, I'm very active in Instagram at prana underscore with underscore love. To access all the resources mentioned in this episode or to listen, visit pranawithlove.com, click podcast and choose episode three. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.